Sports, Politics, Life, 360 Document Solutions presents Kevin Keatsman Has Issues online at 360DocumentSolutions.com. Any chance you're exhausted yet by the word unprecedented? Because I certainly am. It's almost like every single day you turn on the news or you see something on social media or catch something on your phone or on your computer that is unprecedented in America. It's unprecedented Biden is basically what his name should be. It seems so obvious as we now have a complete shutdown of all air traffic in the United States, which is unprecedented because of a system failure called NOTAM, which is the Notice to Air Missions. It's a technical outage for pilots and personnel about airborne issues and other delays at other airports. So here's how unprecedented this is. The system, the Notice for Air Missions, Notice to Air Missions, about other delays at other airports isn't working. So all airports are delayed and all airports are basically shut down. All across the United States. It's not weather-related. It's not one airline. It's not passengers' problems. There, there's no security issue. It's nothing like that. No, this is just a complete glitch in our federal government system called NOTAM. That what? We can't notify pilots and personnel? about airborne issues and other delays to other airports. And so the entire system shut down. Every single flight from taking off grounded until 9 a.m. Eastern time. And even then, as we're recording this, we're not exactly certain how this is going to ramp up or what's going to happen. If you're traveling today, I just don't see any way that you won't have a delay. It's going to push back everything. This started overnight. And they announced it was going to last until 9 a.m. Eastern time. But who knows exactly how this will transpire, what it means for all the flights, whether we're going to have cancellations, whether they'll bunch people up. Nobody really knows. But again, Joe Biden is your president, and we have an unprecedented situation. And I am just sick and tired of the word. And I don't mean to fixate on one simple word, because it is a simple word. But how many times over the last two years, have we discussed topics on this podcast or have you turned on or watched anything or read anything in the news that you have seen the word unprecedented? And a lot of times we think of unprecedented as tremendous. You know, it can, it, the, the word itself does not sound like a terrible negative. You know, unprecedented success is also a great thing. You know, the market climbing 2,000 points in a day would be unprecedented. These would be good things. So the word itself is not a negative, but the way it's used under Joe Biden, think about this. Think about everything that has happened with this president and this administration. How many things are unprecedented? From the number of people across the border to the increase in the murder rate to the number of drug-related deaths to all of the different things that we see happening to the inflation numbers, the inflation numbers are unprecedented. We just one thing after another. The cost of gas, unprecedented. Everything you talk about with this president is unprecedented. And I'm getting sick and tired of either waking up every day or at some point in the middle of the day seeing something that is unprecedented. And look, I'm not flying today. This isn't really going to affect me. And they should be able to clean it up. But we've got a ridiculously unqualified transportation secretary. And it's impossible to look at a transportation secretary like Pete Buttigieg and say, hey, this is your fault. That's hard. He's in charge, but that's really hard. But watching Buttigieg the last few weeks blast Southwest Airlines and Joe Biden blasting Southwest Airlines for their antiquated software in their computer system and now the federal government's system 
grounds every flight on every airline and they can't take off? This is the same as Biden ripping on Trump for having documents at Mar-a-Lago and then, oh, Biden has documents at the Penn Biden Center, which we don't know why they were there and we don't know why there was a year between the White House and when that office opened up. Where were those documents for a year? That's the real question. If they've been at the Penn Biden Center since 2018, where were they for a year after he left the White House and before they arrived at the Penn Biden Center? It's the same thing. They blast, blast, blast Trump for this. And oh, oh, Biden does it. They blast the airlines for software glitches and the FAA can't do anything. Pete Buttigieg says he's been in touch with the FAA this morning about the outage. They're working to resolve it swiftly and safely. We'll continue to provide updates. That's nothing. You were talking about a nothing burger. There it is. What's Pete Buttigieg doing? Does he understand the system? Does he know it? We've got figureheads in this government that are scamming us out of millions of dollars for themselves and billions and trillions of dollars of our money and their absolute do-nothings that don't really understand the, you know, the machinery of the, the federal government. They just know how to game the system for themselves. And they allow, I'm sure there's some excellent people at the FAA that are working on this. I'm sure there are just like there were excellent people at Southwest when something failed that they did their jobs and were, or were trying to do their jobs the best they could. I feel a lot more confident about the people running the FAA than I do Pete Buttigieg to get this thing fixed. Pete Buttigieg doesn't know anything about this. I mean, nothing about this stuff. It is ridiculous the people that Biden has put in charge. Alejandro Mayorkas doesn't know anything about closing the border. They specifically hired this guy to be a stooge and just leave it open and take all the bullets. We'll let you be in charge of security as long as you're just willing to take all the bullets and all the blame and take it off Biden. That's it. You just be the stooge. It'll be a great run for you. You'll be able to make millions and millions of dollars, especially afterwards, but live a great life and have private flights and go on these great trips and have all these perks for Mayorkas. What a dream job. You don't have to do anything. Just let people flood in and take the heat so Biden doesn't have to take the heat. Everything we talk about with the Biden administration is unprecedented. He is unprecedented Biden. That's exactly who he is and how we have grounded all these flights. I mean, this isn't even a what the heck moment. This is because of, and every single time with these people, it's the same thing, because they just spent weeks blasting someone else for this stuff. And then it happens to them. This is your government at work. The United States of America with no security threat, no real weather delays. There's some rain in Northern California. No real weather issues, no real problems. Grounded all planes from taking off in the United States. Every single commercial flight. Un- unprecedented. Here we go again. And, and hopefully it's only one day or one half of one day, but this is not, you know, you, you can't, I don't want to sit here and say we should just be perfect at everything. I don't. And I don't want unsafe flights in the air. I certainly don't want chaos in the skies. There has to be a better way. Air travel has gotten worse in my lifetime. How is this possible? I feel certain that you've noticed it's gotten worse. Everything about the experience of air travel has gotten worse as we go. How is this possible? Do we need bigger planes? The airlines have downsized. They make more money with smaller planes because they know They'll fill them up and sell out every seat. They pack you in. But what, what is it we need to require? What needs to happen to make the sky, if we have, if we have bigger planes or there are fewer planes, this, 
in the sky? I don't know what the answer is. I just know this is getting harder and harder, and it's less and less fun to fly compared to what it used to be. The experience is not good. And, and maybe it, it doesn't have to be. I'm not saying it should just be, you know, if you're, especially if you're going on vacation. If you're going on vacation for five nights, the two days you fly really shouldn't be part of your vacation. I'm not saying it should just be completely simple and easy and luxurious to do all these things, especially when we have different grades of flying. You know, somebody may pay 300 bucks for a ticket. Somebody may pay 1500 bucks to be on the same airplane. They probably should have different experiences, different size seats, different service levels. I- I'm okay with all that. But just the general experience of flying is awful, and nobody's happy in the airport. It's just not good. And we are unprecedented with the Biden administration grounding all these flights. Okay, a little cleanup from yesterday's podcast. And I I either jumbled, possibly completely misconstrued or screwed up. I don't think a correction is in order as much as an explanation is in order. And maybe a, a refocus on what we were talking about with the IRS bill that passed through the House of Representatives. And what it means. So, and I, I absolutely blur the line between, you know, reporting to you stories or facts and giving opinion. I blur that all the time and probably needed more clear or specific, but I got a bunch of emails and feedback from people yesterday that listened and said, what, 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 what on earth, what are you, are you talking about? This isn't going to happen. So let me, let me clarify exactly what I was trying to say about this bill with about these 87,000 IRS agents that the house Republicans made their number one job to pass initially as the number one thing and why they did it. First, let me say this. I do not think we're going to hire 87,000 more new agents that are going to carry guns. I think that ended when they passed this bill. That's what I believe. Of course, it's not signed into law. The Senate is involved. Chuck Schumer has said he'll fight it. Biden has said he'll veto it. It becomes a bargaining chip. And as part of this bill, if we're going to get really into the weeds of what a, a, a bill is before the House... There's all kinds of wording in this thing that says we're abolishing the income tax. We're getting rid of the corporate tax, the death tax. We're going to implement a consumption tax. There's all kinds of dream things there for conservatives in this bill because they know the Senate's not going to go along with it. And the president, even if they did, would veto it. So they know all this. So they pack it full of the crap that the Republicans say they don't want to pack things full of. They essentially wanted to write a bill that that makes that, that gets pulled out in the news cycle 87,000 new IRS agents that carry guns. That's the headline we want out there. That's what you want to do with this bill. That's the reason it was brought before the House and the reason it was passed with unanimous votes from the Republicans. And it did. I don't think those 87,000 agents are ever going to be hired. This was all part of the big trillion dollar bill last year that has a gazillion different things in it and clean energy and all these other things, right? So we have all this stuff in this mega bill that the Democrats shoved down the throats of the American people to ensure that we continue to have inflation and probably hit a recession because we're spending money that we don't have. But inside that, above and beyond anything else, the worst possible thing in there is the Democrats saying we're about to target, and I'm, I'm interpreting it this way, it doesn't say this in the bill. Again, this is where I blur the lines. It doesn't say it in the Democrats' original bill that was passed. And signed. It doesn't say we're going to target conservatives with 87,000 new IRS agents. But I'm going to tell you right now, I'm 99% sure what they would do if they got 87,000 new agents in the IRS, knowing that all these government agencies are liberal 
and run by liberals and they work for the Democrat Party, they're going to target conservatives. They're going to target uh, middle to upper middle income and small business conservatives. That's who they want to go after. And that's why they want 87,000 new agents. I believe the 87,000 new agents died on Monday night with this bill. Not in law, but in practice. So this is where I blurred the lines, and I apologize for all of this. I don't think there's any way they're going to get these new agents. In fact, immediately upon passing this bill, the Democrats went around spinning this, saying, we were never hiring 87,000 new agents. Who's making this stuff up? There's $80 billion in here for the IRS. We want to use this for new computer systems and new da-da-da-da. Well, okay, maybe they'll be using it for high-tech surveillance of us or sorting through based on how you vote. And, and I, if it didn't take me like out of the primary, I'm seriously considering changing my registration to Democrat and just voting Republican. Why having a computer that your government knows you're registered as a Republican? Now, they know I'm, I do a podcast or whatever. They can find that out, but they're not going to find this and they're not going to care. If they develop some sort of software, it just pops up. Who are all the registered Republicans? Why wouldn't they start targeting them? We've known for years the IRS targets more conservatives than liberals. This is a fact. This is not conjecture in any way. We've seen it. We know the scandal years ago with the head of the IRS and what they were doing, and especially companies and political people being audited and targeted. We know this is, in, we know this is their game. But they immediately, upon passing of this thing, they immediately on the left said, we, we were never going to hire 87,000 new agents. That's the Republicans lying. They're lying. They're liars. They're liars. They're just, a, they don't, they don't, they're trying to protect the rich and they're liars. Okay, so it's standard Democrat spin. But they are all out there now saying, we're not hiring 87,000 agents. What happened with the bill was, was taken out of the giant bill last year where it was hidden and the American public didn't know anything about it. And it goes to the forefront. And this is what you do. This is how it works in D.C. And the second Chuck Schumer and the Senate want something from the Republicans, which they cannot get, we could be at a complete stalemate here for two years and get nothing done, which would probably be an advancement for our country, a real advancement to just do nothing for two years. But Schumer's going to want something. They're going to want something for clean energy or something for this. And then you go to the House and they go, okay, we want it in writing that we're defunding the IRS. We want this in the new bill that it trumps the old bill and we're taking it out. And that's how you negotiate these things in. And it's the first thing on the table by the Republicans. And that may disappoint you. You may want them to close the border. You may want them to tackle inflation or whatever. Although this is a, this is a tremendous thing for tackling inflation. You take away all this billions and billions of dollars spending with the IRS, you're helping with inflation. But this is how it works. No, it doesn't go into law because the House passed it. No. But in practice, we're already hearing them say it. And when Chuck Schumer is asked about 87,000 IRS agents, he only has one choice at that point. And that is to say, we're not adding 87,000 new agents. Maybe they add 5,000 more. That's a big difference between 5,000 and 87,000. They want to add more. There's no question. But the spotlight is now on them. The spotlight is on this story. And this is what? 90% of the American people would agree? Would, would 90% of America say it's a bad idea? It's just a simple question. Vote yes or no. Let's put this on the ballot. Let's put it on a national vote, a national ballot. Yes or no. Do you want to spend $80 billion to hire 87,000 more IRS agents that carry guns 
so they can audit more people's taxes in the United States. How do you think that would go out in a vote? At least 80% would vote no. 90% more. Some people, if they heard their favorite liberal politician say, vote yes, would vote yes because they're brain dead and they just follow AOC or whomever. This is, this is not, not only is this not a winning issue for the Democrats, this is an impossible issue for them to have in the spotlight. They do not want any part of this. Joe Biden doesn't want this reaching his desk. He doesn't want to have to veto this. He doesn't want to have to answer the questions about this. Joe Biden and the, and the White House do not want to talk about 87,000 IRS agents. Mark my word, when they are asked about it, they're all going to say the same thing. We are not hiring 87,000 new agents. That's what they're going to say. Now it's up to the Republicans in the House to keep their eye on them and make sure that they don't. Because they're going to say over and over and over, we're not hiring these new agents. The sad part is you can't convince Americans of anything by just saying this $80 billion is a waste of money. The IRS doesn't need it. The better way is a consumption tax. Why do we punish people for working in this country? We've only been doing it for 100 years. We didn't do this from the start. Maybe a little longer than that. Our income tax, 1920, maybe we started the, the income tax. It's a whole, Income taxes are terrible ideas. Why would you punish people for working? It's complete insanity. The consumption tax is where it is. And that's how you get money from really, 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 really rich people because they buy really expensive things. And then they put real money into the coffers. It couldn't be more fair. Now they'll say it's racist, that it disproportionately affects people with less money. I kind of understand the argument. If you make $30,000 a year and you have to go buy things, you have to buy clothes, you know, you have to buy pots and pans to cook your dinner and whatever it is that you have to buy if you're paying a consumption tax. Is that tax more difficult for you than for somebody with more money? Yes, but it still comes down to the decisions of what do we want to buy and what do we not want to buy? And that's what I love about it. I, you know, If you're trying to have a fluid budget every month and you say, hey, we had some unexpected medical bills this month or my wife has cancer and we've got all these medical bills now that we're dealing with, that's when you don't buy a new washer and dryer or a new car, or a new television, or a new big item, and pay the big tax on it. You don't. You batten down the hatches, and you don't spend your money. Therefore, the government isn't getting it from you. They're not just ripping it right out of your paycheck every week, no matter what. I'm all for that idea. I think it sounds fantastic, because I think it gives individuals more control over their money. I'm, I'm all for it. I've said it before. I'm not a big tax guy. I hate taxes, but consumption taxes or sales taxes... It's then my decision whether or not I want to pay the tax or not. And how we don't have an internet tax is beyond me. We're watching all these brick and mortar stores and retail stores go out of business and places sitting empty and everybody's buying everything all over the web from Amazon and every other place. And we don't have some sort of a federal tax on there. Why would we not? Why would we put 1% on everything purchased on the web that comes to your house? How about a dollar a delivery? <laughs> how about a dollar? Every time somebody drops a package at your door of something you bought, how about a dollar? Because it's choking the rest of the economy. You know, you're not out there at the store. You're not out where people are working. You know, retailers aren't paying rent to have spaces. They're doing things online. You're not getting in your car. You're not driving. You're not buying as much gas. All of these things hurt the economy. It's very convenient. But there is a segment of Americans that are just completely and utterly 
hooked on sitting at home and spending money and buying crap that they don't need. That's where you should tax people. Honest to God, it is. And, and you know, this, this is completely sexist or maybe even racist. We're talking about Karen here. You know, we're talking about, you know, mostly rich white women that sit at home and, and veg out on their phones and see something they got to have that they never use that shows up at the door and they go, oh, isn't this cute? And they show their friends and they take a picture and they put it on Instagram and then it sits on a shelf. We know it. We, we, we leave it. We see it. Everybody knows this is happening. And in a way, it's good for the economy because money's exchanging hands. People are spending it, whatever. It's mostly great for Amazon, but there's a gazillion online companies that are thriving with people buying their products. Why don't we have a consumption tax there? And either lower or get rid of income taxes. This is the debate we can now have with the Republican House. And if they do big things that stand out to the American people, that scare Americans, which is really what politics is, people will only change the way they vote if they're scared. If you scare most Americans, most Democrat voters, most people in the middle, the independents, if you scare them enough and convince them that 87,000 new IRS agents are going to get hired and they could come after you, they will dump this crap fast. There is nobody that wants 87,000 new agents. And the Democrats are already running. They flipped the light switch on in the House by passing this bill. And they'll send it over. And Chuck Schumer's already said, this is ridiculous. I'm not doing it. He said that the two things he said very plainly were, A, we're not hiring 87,000 new agents. And B, the Republicans are just trying to protect rich people, which is complete crap. What they're trying to protect is working class people from the IRS coming after them. But, but everything the Democrats say is a lie. So we know this. But I, I, if I jumbled that, confused everybody yesterday, and you thought it was automatically law or something like that, I'm sorry. I'm very sorry. Passing the bill is awesome. I'm still so high on it, and I do not think there are going to be 87,000 new IRS agents. I think just by doing what they did on day one, I think they have stopped this. That'd be over 1,700 agents per state. Can you imagine? It's outrageous. The whole thing is just completely outrageous. KKHI is brought to you by our friends at Roberts Robinson Chevrolet Buick GMC. I was uh, texting my buddy Mike Robinson the other day, and he's sending me, he's got a presidential bobblehead collection, and it's really cool. And I said, come on, man, I need a close-up of Reagan. And he sent it, and it, it's great. And then he showed me a couple of newspapers he has with headlines and photos of Reagan that he's framing and things that he's doing. We've got some awesome sponsors here, folks. I'm just telling you, these are incredible people that love America. And who among us doesn't love Ronald Reagan? I know a lot of Democrats that think highly of Ronald Reagan. Uh, that's the kind of people they are at Roberts Robinson in Excelsior Springs. It's just the kind of organization that he's built, the kind of team that he's put together. If you're in the market for a Chevrolet, Buick, or GMC, you can save money. There is no place that you will pay less than Roberts Robinson. And the customer service is outstanding. This is not some big corporate dealership where you may be working with a sales rep and if it takes a couple of weeks that that sales rep's now gone or quit and you get moved to somebody else, no. These are people that that live in and around Excelsior Springs. This is their livelihood. This is their company. And they're awesome. 0% on most GMCs right now. 0% on all Buick GMCs. And $1,000 accessory allowance available on some Chevy trucks. It's Roberts Robinson. Online at robertsrobinson.com. The best way to get your new Chevy or GMC, especially if you're going to get an SUV or a truck, the best way is just work with Tim Trader, one of the nice folks there at Roberts Robinson, and order it. Custom order it. It'll be in in a few weeks. You're going to get it exactly like you like it. They can help you. Just call Tim at 
1563 robertsrobinson.com. Window World, simply the best for last. Once again, J.D. Power & Associates, award winner for customer service. No shock there. They win this all the time. They don't just have American-made windows, siding, and doors with lifetime warranties. They win in customer service as well. And they have the lowest prices. Simply the best for less. This is incredible. They're the official windows of the Kansas City Chiefs. And Window World for close to 20 years now, I've been affiliated with Window World. And I don't think I've ever had one email or person complain about their experience. Not one. Window World is top notch. Online at windowskansascity.com or call 816-799-0820 for Window World. Anywhere in Kansas and Missouri. Look, you don't have to live in Kansas City. Anywhere around the Midwest, Call Window World, 816-799-0820, and they will come visit you and give you a free estimate. WindowsKansasCity.com. And this is the time of year. This is the first time Tim Cross at Cross Kitchens has ever done this. There's two things in play here. He's saying thank you to all the listeners and people that have hired Cross Kitchens last year. They had a record year for remodeling in their company, and he is so happy and proud of that because he did. He expanded. He hired more salaried employees. A lot of them are craftsmen. He keeps them on the books even when they're not as busy, and that's right now. If you sign a contract with Cross Kitchens KC for a qualifying remodel job by January 31st, your countertops are free. Absolutely free. This is real money in your pocket. This is not some you know bait and switch thing. Oh, they're going to run the price up over here, then you get this free. That is not what this is. That is not. He needs to get these boys to work right now. Tim says his phones just start ringing off the hook for jobs the rest of the year beginning in March. January and February are slower. They've got openings and can get to your project fast. If you want to do it now, if you're tired of hearing, oh, sign up and wait six months and have somebody come and do your remodel, if you want to do this, you could be started here in a couple of weeks. You could be ripping out countertops and remodeling your kitchen pronto, fast, right now, and saving money with free countertops. Online, crosskitchenskc.com. Just call their office. It's crosskitchenskc.com or call Tim or his wife, Brittany, personally at 816-898-7047. Do not delay. This is absolutely the best time since Cross Kitchens has been with KKHI. This is the only time they've done anything like this. It is the best time to call them. They can get right on your job and you're going to save thousands with free countertops. Crosskitchenskc.com. Okay. Um, Biden made a trip to Mexico and I'm not going to spend much time on this because I can't take it seriously. I mean, I can't, I'm sitting there watching Biden with the president of Mexico and the president of Canada. They're all liberals. They're not serious about closing any borders. The Mexican president and the Canadian president simply want to mooch off the United States. They want to piggyback off us. They want whatever problem they have in their country. They went to Mexico to have a summit and see the people of their country, have them say, this is on the United States. They've got to fix this problem. And everybody in Mexico and everybody in Canada laps that up. It's straight out of the Democrat playbook, the liberal playbook. And so these presidents did that. And they said it right in front of Biden. The border's your problem. This problem's your problem. You got to fix this. You're the United States. Trust me, everyone in all these other countries thinks the United States can fix their problems. They believe that because they're all Democrats. They're all liberals. They think the government will fix their problem and they will think the U.S. government will fix their problem. It's not possible. So I can't do this. I can't, I can't put anything into this summit, into this meeting. This was nothing. This was absolutely nothing. 
I'll give you an example of why it was nothing. And this is the way liberals rule. They never want to talk about what needs to be done. They want to do stuff behind your back that is frivolous. So Biden makes some sort of a comment at this thing where he says, we can no longer wall ourselves off from the rest of the world. We're too interconnected. This is their one world global elitist philosophy. We can't wall ourselves off is what he says. You can't make this up. He said this, and last week at his beach house in Delaware, they started construction on a tall white wall with gray stone pillars. It's going to take eight months to build for his compound at his beach house to completely wall everyone out from the ocean or from America, completely wall everybody out, and we are paying for it. The government's putting it up for him because he's president. They're saying it's a security risk. So he gets security at our expense. He gets a wall. He's building a wall, a tall white fence wall with gray stone pillars. At the same time, he stands in Mexico and says, our country cannot wall itself off from the rest of the world. How do you take a person like that seriously? The answer is you don't. This, again, is unprecedented Biden. This stuff just doesn't happen. I can't take seriously almost anything he says. I can't. Related to this story, a, a Republican member of the House of Representatives has filed articles of impeachment against Alejandro Mayorkas, the Homeland Security Secretary, for his ineptness and breaking of the law at the border. I'm not saying that there's not grounds for impeachment here. I think they've broken the law. I think they break the law every day with their policy. We have laws on the books. That's what most Americans don't know. We have border laws on the books. We just don't enforce them. And impeaching Mayorkas is fine, but if you really want to get rid of him or you really want to change the policy, here's the problem with doing this. If you start an impeachment of Mayorkas, they're going to dig in more. We have a chance, since there's another election coming up, for them to make some alterations and slow this thing down. We have a chance. But the way to get them to do that is not by impeaching Mayorkas. Mayorkas will dig in. Biden will dig in. We know what people do. You go to impeach him, they're going to dig in. They're going to put their middle finger up. They're going to say, we're not doing anything. If you really want to help the border, that ain't the way. It's not. As much as I'd like to see the spectacle and have subpoena power and learn all these different things, there's nothing to learn here. We have laws. The Biden administration does not enforce them. And they will try to argue that it's not like we're breaking the rules. We just can't enforce them all. They'll say, we just can't do this. We would need Billions and billions of dollars from Congress to do all this is what they would say. And that, again, that's just their way. I don't think that's right. I mean, I'd be sending military personnel to the border. I might be firing some shots into the sky. I, 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 we're, we're being invaded. What's the difference? Would I be gunning people down and killing them? No, but I might be firing some shots in the sky. I might be talking to Mexico about crossing the border and taking out the cartels. What if we worked with Mexico and went across the border, which is much more important to me than Ukraine? What if we went over there and took out the cartels? What if we just ended it? Why couldn't the United States armed forces in conjunction with the Mexican government go into Mexico and eliminate the cartels? This does not seem hard to me. It just doesn't. Don't you think the Mexican people would like that? This does not sound hard. 
Oh boy, there's something else, man. There's just something else. I but I can't take their summit seriously. That's I can't. When he says we can't wall ourselves off, and he's building a wall around his house, I can't take him seriously. I also can't take seriously the global warming people that went to global cooling, that went to climate change, that went to they'll come up with another new name because very quickly over the passage of time, people hear whatever they call it and laugh it off. We're in extreme drought in the western part of the United States. Lake Mead is at a record low. The Colorado River is at a record low. There are drought conditions. Farmers are rationed how much water they can have. This is all happening at a time where we have extreme flooding in California, mudslides, unprecedented rain because of what? Global warming. It was dry because of climate change. And now we have record rain because of climate change. The snowpack in the mountains right now for this time of year is plus 150%. They have 50% more precipitation in the mountains for the runoff headed into the rivers and the reservoirs in the spring than they should have. This is a massive winter of water in the Western United States. And they're putting out stories that it won't do any good. All this water just runs off into the Pacific. We need to build underground reservoirs to hold the water, is what they're now saying, because there's so many regulations in California in these states that they cannot build more reservoirs. This can be done by building some dams. We build a few dams in the West, maybe displace a few people, buy them out of their land or farms or whatever it may be. We build a few more dams and we have no water problems. There are not water problems in the, re- in the West because of weather. This is the misnomer. Two hard facts, okay? One, we use way too much water for power and water in the West. They, they really don't have any rations. We own property in Arizona for many, many years. There's no, I take as long a shower there as I do here. They run PSAs. They say, don't shower as long or don't do this as long. And they have drip systems to water the cactus instead of, and a lot of the landscaping is rock instead of grass. But my God, where are there more golf courses sucking up more water than in the western part of the United States? There aren't. And there are farms doing the same thing. And we're using an unprecedented amount of water. And there is no real rationing. And they say we're going to run out if we don't do something, but they're not doing much. Lake Mead is one of the barometers. It's way down. But it went up in 2022. Last winter was a good wet winter. While they keep talking about drought, they've quietly lifted drought conditions. We're not in drought anymore out west. And the lake is rising a little bit, but it won't rise a lot because we're using too much damn water. And here's the crazy part of the Colorado River Project and Lake Mead and everything that it does for power, electricity, and watering things. We entered agreement when we built it back in what, the 1930s? With Mexico where they get a third of it. Why do they get a third of it? We built it. (laughs) I mean, are you serious? Who's to say we got to keep giving this to them? And what are they doing with it? Oh, what are their standards? I can only imagine. This is outrageous. And it's like everything else, because all they want to do is tell you this is about global warming, climate change, extreme drought, and it's not true. We, the last two years, we have unprecedented, again, unprecedented rain and snowfall in the West. And they're saying it's not helping. Why isn't it helping? How about we figure out how to use less? 
You know, you drive down Las Vegas Boulevard there in Las Vegas, what do you see? Oh, look at these beautiful fountains at the Bellagio. Go a little farther. Oh, there's the wind. Hey, let's play golf over here. Oh, my gosh, look how green all that grass is in the middle of the desert. What are we doing? It's crazy. We've lost our minds on some of this stuff, folks. But it is crazy. It's unbelievable rain. So much rain that Kevin Costner couldn't get to the Golden Globes on Tuesday night where he won Best Actor in a drama. It's called Yellowstone. He won Best Actor, but apparently where he lives in Santa Barbara, they had to go get their kids out of school. They closed the freeways because of flooding, and he said he couldn't make it there. Now, wouldn't the Golden Globes have sent a helicopter for him? Oh, that would have looked bad to the global warming people probably. I don't know. Maybe he doesn't want to fly in a helicopter. I'm not sure. But... There had to be a way for Kevin Costner to get there. It sounded kind of funny to me. And he, and the funny thing, you talking about flooding. He was standing on a beachfront property where he must live in Santa Barbara or something. And it's a beautiful sunset. The sun is kind of going low and the ocean looks gorgeous. He's right on the water. I'm like, well, that doesn't look like there's any flooding going on. It just looks gorgeous right there where Kevin Costner is. He wins the Golden Globe for Best Actor. Top Gun Maverick did not win Best Picture. That went to the uh, the Fablemans by Steven Spielberg. There's your Golden Globes update if you're into that sort of thing. KKHI is brought to you by Buck Roofing and Construction. When we get unprecedented rain this spring, and we will get a whole bunch of rain this spring, you're going to count on your roof. Take care of you and everything in your home. For a free roof inspection, call Buck Roofing. 913-384-2680. Here's what he's famous for, and he doesn't like me to say it a lot. He's famous for going out and doing inspections and seeing a couple of use, uh, uh, loose shingles or some flashing or something, and he just fixes it while he's there and says, you had this little problem up there. I fixed it. You're good to go. Call me in a couple of years. We'll look at it again and see if you need a new roof. He did that with my mom, and it wasn't because she was my mom. I've had other people email me and say, yep, that's what they did at no charge, and he simply says, I'd be honored when it's time for a new roof if you hired us to do it. Who does that? Ron Buck does that, 913-384-2680. You'll sleep well knowing Buck Roofing fixed the roof over your head. Fry Orthodontics is online at fryorthodontics.com. You know there's a location near you. I have, I've seen, I'm not going to name the people. I've watched a couple people on television the past couple of weeks. One is on Fox News, and the other is in sports. And I am absolutely shocked you know what? There's a character on Yellowstone that needs to go to Fry Orthodontics. The guy that plays Jamie, his bottom teeth are all jacked up. How is he some big Hollywood star and he's got this crooked little row of crap going on on his bottom lip? And some people are lucky. Some people have lips that cover their bottom teeth more than others. But man, when they're bad, they're bad. How do you not fix them? If you're on, t- you know, just from a confidence standpoint or if you're an actor or on TV. Oh, I can't believe they haven't done it. Anyway, if you've got an issue like that, and you know you have an issue like that, check out Fry Orthodontics. Your first appointment is free. Just go for a consultation and see how easy or maybe even inexpensive it will be for you. 13 locations assure you that there's one right near you. Log on to fryorthodontics.com. And Advantage Termite and Pest Control, they came out and did some outdoor service for us yesterday on a beautiful day. They are now offering a bundle discount. If you do termite, lawn care, mosquito, wildlife, and pest control, It is all bundled, and you save. Advantage, termite, and pest control. Ask them about their bundling discount. And it doesn't have to be all of them. 
But if you add, start adding lawn care or mosquitoes, whatever you save on all your services, you get more discounts as you go. The bundle discount only at Advantage Termite and Pest Control, and they will take care of your lawn for you as well. Call the office at 913-768-8989. That's 768-8989. Or online at Advantage TPC. That's AdvantageTPC.com. They are absolutely the best. On to sports. And we had a really interesting night of college basketball on Tuesday night. Kansas, we had two things happen that happen a lot. Kansas was down 10 at home and came back and won. They do that a lot. K-State was up 10 with just a few minutes to go and blew the lead. But what's different in this story is K-State actually won. We're we're used to K-State being up 10, blowing the lead and losing. They didn't play each other. These are each their individual games at home. K-State was at home against Oklahoma State. KU was at home against Oklahoma, where for 35 minutes, Oklahoma was the better team. KU was down 10 with five minutes to go. Jessica quit on her team again. She always quits. Like, what are you quitting for? KU's winning this game. You know KU's winning this game. You know it. I logged logged on to my betting site where I got Kansas plus one and a half points. I'm like, wait a second. They can lose by one and I win this bet? They're winning this game. Everybody knew they were winning this game. And they did. And it was a 16-2 run. And it was ridiculously great defense that spurred it. They didn't play great defense all night long. They give up some easy baskets. But... They played great defense the last five minutes. A 16-2 run in the last five minutes of game will almost always win the game for you. So Kansas did what Kansas does. Kansas State, up 10, not surprised they lost the lead. You would kind of hope if this team is as good as people think it is, that they wouldn't be the kind of team that, that loses a 10-point lead at home. I think they did because I think they, had, they thought they had the game won. I think they celebrated early. That's what I think Kansas State did. They blew their lead and had to win the game again, which they did, and finished strong in the last couple minutes, 65-57. A ridiculous highlight from the Kansas State game. I mean, insane. Marquise Noel is their little five-foot-nothing point guard who had 20 again last night. He's just playing great. And Keontae Johnson is the former SEC player of the year that transferred to K-State for one year. And Jerome Tang said after the game, I thought the shot clock was running down. It was a really important basket late in the game. Noel throws it up to the hoop. Tang said, from where I was standing on the bench, I thought he threw it out of bounds. And up goes Johnson with one hand, grabs it with his palm, and slams it home. It was ridiculous. There's some replays of it from under the basket that are even crazier insane. Jerome Tang is a, a man of the, he's a devoutly Christian man. Like this team prays and prays and prays. And it's all about God and Jesus and, and helping others and doing for others and showing the way and learning to become a man and what a man is. He is a teacher of men. He is a leader of men. He is teaching them a good way to live. And he doesn't curse much. And he said after the game last night, you know what? I had to do push-ups in the locker room. He did, you got to do push If you say the F word at K-State, you're doing push-ups in front of the rest of the team. It's banned. The F word is banned. We don't use it around here. He said WTF when Noel threw that ball up to Keontae Johnson standing on the bench. Jerome Tang had a great quote. He said, look, that ain't coaching. There's no, I didn't coach that play. That was a shot clock beater. That's two great players stepping up and making a play. Where I was standing, I thought the ball was out of bounds, and I went, what the F? 
And I came in the locker room after we won in the game and said, guys, I said it. I said the F word. I'm doing push-ups. And he did. And I can only imagine how his team was excited to see that. I didn't know he had the word in his vocabulary, but there it was. And they had that moment in that play in K-State 1, and they are 15-1. Both teams are kind of known for this. KU for coming back and, you know, down 10 and coming back. K-State from blowing 10-point leads. But you would hope K-State becomes the team that doesn't blow any more 10-point leads late in a game. KU was, it was two weirdly different games if you watched them back-to-back. This is like Chiefs fans. I had a discussion yesterday with a gentleman I had lunch with, and he said, man, Arrowhead's not as loud as it was when Marty was the coach. I said, you're right. The Chiefs hadn't won anything. Chiefs fans are spoiled now. It's Arrowhead is not as loud as it was five years ago. Certainly isn't as loud as it was when Marty was the coach. Chiefs fans are spoiled. They expect to win. They sit there, expect Mahomes to win the game. Kansas fans did this all night last night. Allen Fieldhouse was a morgue. And it wasn't they were just in shock that KU was playing terrible because they weren't terrible. It was a close game all night long. They were just sitting there waiting, entertain me, entertain me, entertain me. It was definitely quiet. And it was weird because after watching the K-State game, Jessica commented, she goes, my God, these fans, these K-State fans are such pieces of crap. All they do is boo everything. They just boo and boo and boo all night. I said, well, they're into the game. They're into the game because K-State's been bad for two years, three years. And K-State won the title in 19. They won the Big 12 title. It hasn't been an eternity at Kansas State. Bruce Weber won the league in 2019. So it's only been a couple of years. And it's been COVID, and there's a lot of things involved here. But this ridiculous start by Kansas State clearly has the fan base energized, and that place was jumping like no other arena in college basketball last night. That's the difference between you expect to win and you hope to win. That's the difference. The Chiefs expect to win, so Arrowhead isn't what it used to be. John Elway used to go into Arrowhead and play, and the Chiefs would be, you know, 9-3 and three in Week 13, and this huge game is on the line. They'd be tied with Denver. Elway would come in and break their heart, but it would be deafening. Because Chiefs fans believe this was the time. We're going to step up. We're going to beat Denver. We're going to be that team. We can win a Super Bowl. That's where K-State and Missouri are right now. We can do this. KU fans are sitting on their hands. They're like, okay, we won the national title last year. This is a bad Oklahoma team in here. Playing as close. It's a quiet night in January. We don't care. And they kind of acted like they didn't care. KU did something last night in their game that they have not done all year. They're, they just don't get to the free throw line like a typical Kansas team because they don't have the bigs. But they got to the line 39 times last night. That's pretty amazing. 39 free throws for Kansas, a team that has really struggled to get to the line this year, really struggled. Missouri's at AM on Wednesday night. This is a big game. Tigers are four-point dog here, but AM hasn't lost. They're only 2-0, and but they haven't lost. It's a little bit of a bellwether game when you go out on the road. AM is not ranked. They've lost some games this year, so they're beatable. But if Missouri, you know, wants to make that step and get to the upper echelon of the SEC, this is that opportunity game. I think Missouri wants to get up and down. They want to run the floor. They want to score 90 points. They want to go, go, go. I will be locked in on this thing. I can't wait to see how Missouri plays it out over the next few weeks in the SEC. Kentucky win isn't looking as great. Kentucky loses again. They're a mess. This feels like the end for John Calipari, and we'll keep an eye on that story as the season goes on. A couple more sponsors to mention on this podcast today, bstock.net, and they've got free delivery all the way through the month of January, or I think through the Super Bowl, free delivery on a $1,000 purchase. Anywhere in the 435 Loop area in Kansas City, bstock.net, 14680 South Flaming Road. Back 9 Development, your custom home builder or commercial property builder. Anywhere in the Midwest, Back 9 Development would love to work with you on your project, whether it's a business development, 
or you'd like to build a room addition or a new home, back9development.com. You can see their entire portfolio. And the Bluemont Hotel in Manhattan. We've talked about uh, all the great folks that are scheduling meetings, business. If you travel the state of Kansas, if you're in sales, make Manhattan your stop. So I know it's not very far away. You may travel farther west, but what a great place to get your night instead of staying at some Super 8 on the interstate out on I-70 to, you know, be at the Bluemont Hotel in Manhattan. Get a great meal, maybe have a couple of cold beers, maybe do something fun, schedule it around a game, something like that. Make it your work destination. It's online at the BluemontHotel.com. That's BluemontHotel.com. All right, our final final here is Carlos Correa, the outstanding baseball player who was with the Minnesota Twins last year. Uh, this is nuts. Correa signed a deal with the Mets for $350 million. Then they didn't like what they saw in the physical. Then he went back out on the market, and the Giants said, we'll take you for $320 million. Then the Giants said, we don't like what we saw on the physical. And he became a free agent again, and now Correa's back in the Royals division. Unbelievable. It's a bad, 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 bad thing for the Royals. Correa signs with the Minnesota Twins for $200 million. So if you have a calculator, well, you don't really need it, do you? He had a $350 million contract, and now he has a $200 million contract. Carlos Correa, over the last month, has watched $150 million guaranteed evaporate. Wow. Ah, oh, look, nobody's feeling sorry for the guy. He just got $200 million guaranteed. He's already made tens and tens of millions, hundreds of millions already. Another $200 million is coming his way. But there are, there are injury concerns about his long-term status. Not like, oh, you've got a bad ankle this offseason. It's about long-term, whether he's going to be a, a player that just flat breaks down. But there are some signs of that. So apparently, we see what the threshold is. You'll lose $200 million on a player that may break down long-term, but you won't lose $350 million. Baseball's lost its mind. They're talking about expansion. This seems easy to me. Expansion seems easy in baseball. It should be Nashville and Las Vegas. Doesn't seem hard at all. A lot of people think Orlando. I don't. If Orlando really wants a team, maybe Tampa should move. They're right there. They're about an hour apart. And if you build them a stadium in Orlando, I'm sure they'd move because they've been wanting a new stadium in Tampa forever. Florida's got enough teams. They're doing just fine. Nashville and Vegas would be the two places. Baseball only has 30 franchises. They expanded 32. There will no doubt be expanded playoffs. That would probably be good for the Royals. It would probably be good financially for the Royals. be a lot of things in this. There are all kinds of rumblings that the A's will be moving to Vegas. And if they do that before expansion, if they strike a deal to build a stadium and say they're moving, I think the owners will approve the A's to move. The A's would get Vegas. They'd be crazy not to do this. And by the way, if baseball expands into Nashville or Las Vegas, and you have an opportunity to invest $1 in either of those franchises, run and invest it because they're both gold mines for Major League Baseball just because of the tourism. It's the place you would want to go see your team play or go to a game while you're visiting there because they have so many tourists all the time. Uh, absolute gold mines. If that happened, if the A's went to Vegas, I'm not sure what other city would be the leading city. Again, some people think Orlando, but that's awful close to Tampa. I can't see that really. Maybe it's a Canadian city. Back to Montreal. I, 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 don't, I don't know. I don't know where you go next. Portland's always wanted a team. There's all kinds of places that want teams. Omaha wants a team. There's places that Charlotte wants a team in the worst way. 
So I, I don't know. I don't know if you look west, Salt Lake City, get more teams out west for less travel for those teams. Those things would all be possible. Uh, hard to say, but I think baseball will have 32 teams in fairly short order. They'll, I think there'll be an announcement in the next. I think the movement in baseball to go to 32, we're going to hear about in the next year. I think we're going to hear about that. Whether that's, hey, we're beginning to accept bids, formal bids, whatever it is. I think that the baseball is going to move that way. And the A's better get off their duff and get the heck out of Oakland and move to Vegas fast. Strike a deal, start building your stadium, and you can be in Vegas by 2027, 2026, 27, something like that. I think they'd be there. But this spending this offseason is crazy. And the payrolls of these teams are insane. The Royals, at this point, until something is done between owners, it looks like the Royals have very, 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 very little chance to compete at a high level. And that is a sad, sad thing. Hey, thanks for listening to KKHI. Don't forget the KK list, where all our sponsors are. You can check that out anytime if you want to do business with a great conservative company, whether you're looking for retail products or services. The KKList.com is the place to go. If you'd like to become a patron, Go to kkasissues.com on your desktop or your laptop and sign up. Takes less than five minutes. It's five bucks a month. We do a couple, three patron podcasts a week and you get the newsletter every weekend. It's only $5 a month. We'd love to have you join this year. Uh, kkasissues.com is the website to go to. Click on become a patron. And if you can't do that, hit the subscribe button if you haven't already done it or tell people about the KK Has Issues podcast and have them hit the subscribe button. That's absolutely free. Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you listen to the podcast. We appreciate you being here every single day at Kevin Keatsman Has Issues. Thanks for listening to Kevin Keatsman Has Issues, presented by Roberts Robinson Chevrolet Buick GMC. To get exclusive patrons-only podcasts, receive a weekly newsletter, and attend in-person patrons-only parties, visit kkhasissues.com and become a patron today. This has been a production of Crooked Tail Media Incorporated. Ah!